Well, what a privilege it was for the three of us to serve on the North Georgia Annual Conference Missions Team, the Bridge Team, to Kenya. We joined with pastors and laity from six other churches and conference leaders, and we headquartered in Maua, Kenya, six hours north of Nairobi. It was a transformative trip, and we're grateful to be home. We're especially grateful for your prayers. So many of you mentioned prior to our leaving that the Holy Spirit had already been prompting you to become involved. So we're excited to see where God may be leading Noonan First for such a time as this. You may not be aware that this team was actually the fifth team that has traveled from Noonan First to Kenya over the past 13 years. I'd like to provide a bit of background As part of the mission's focus of the annual conference, there are nine bridges, both domestic and foreign. Those bridges connect us with the world through mission partnerships. Each year, our conference has bridges teams that travel to the Bahamas, El Salvador, Portugal, the Philippines, and Kenya. Other bridges include Action Ministries and the World Methodist Evangelism Movement. Each bridge has a connectional partnership focus where what we call 50-50 relationships are established. In other words, our bridge to Kenya doesn't mean that we simply go and do something for them. Instead, through this partnership, we have the opportunity to learn from the Kenyans by getting to know our partners on a personal level and then sharing in ministry with them. Listening learning from them, truly being in partnership by giving and receiving, and living in Christian community across the thousands of miles are truly what the practices of Bridges Partners are all about. Kenya is large and there's a great deal of need there, so the annual conference Bridge Partnership has expanded. And this year we began a new partnership through the Zoe Empowerment Ministry Project. Zoe's emphasis and goal is to complete empowerment of teenage orphans and vulnerable children. So often, missions programs provide relief, which would be short-term help. While that's a good and necessary thing in times of emergency, relief for the long haul just simply enables persons, and it keeps them dependent on a handout. Empowerment, however, teaches persons the skills they need to be independent and completely self-sufficient. Through the Zoe Project, orphans are identified and assigned to working community groups that represent about 30 households or from 100 to 120 children. During weekly meetings, they elect their own leaders. They're taught how to work together. They receive training in several areas. First of all, they they receive training in food security. They learn how to grow their own food and how to raise small animals. They then are empowered spiritually through the sharing of the word of God, going to worship, and learning how to pray together. They're trained in health and hygiene, and they are also taught vocational skills so that they can own their own businesses. And lastly, they are taught about their rights as citizens. 
We actually heard several stories about groups helping a member to get their land back after a relative had taken it away. During our stay, we visited with groups of graduates who were incredible entrepreneurs, several of them owning multiple businesses. And then we visited groups in the third and second years of the empowerment program. We also witnessed what had been done in just under 12 months with a group working together. We were amazed at the self-sufficiency and the leadership that we saw in these teenagers. Lastly, we met with a working group that had just been recruited. We joined them in their second meeting. We saw little to no self-worth. Many of them were hungry, not having eaten for several days. They wore tattered and dirty clothes. They showed little emotion, were able to not even hold their head up, but instead were hanging their heads in shame. While this was a very heart-wrenching experience for us, we were grateful to have already seen the second and third year groups and the graduates prior to this, for we knew where this group would be in just a few short months. In three years, we knew that they would go from starving, desperately poor children to healthy, energetic, dynamic, motivated, self-sustaining, and self-sufficient leaders. Through this program, these teenagers will be able to support their siblings, have their own businesses, grow their own food, and live a whole, productive, and fulfilling life. This trip was like no other. You see, we didn't build a house. We didn't build a school. We didn't dig a well. But instead, we built relationships. We learned much about the dangers of relief and the success of empowerment. We were transformed by all that we learned from the incredible leaders and the resilient orphans. Our lives are forever changed for the better, and this morning we're grateful for the opportunity to share with you some personal stories. So in order to prepare our hearts, we're going to go to scripture first, and then we will remain standing to sing the hymn that's printed on your insert. Would you stand for the reading of God's word? First from Hebrews 6. This is a passage that the Zoe leader read to us often. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope secure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And then we go to the Gospel of Matthew, a very familiar passage for most of us, the Sermon on the Mount. But often we hear it as Jesus speaking about those people. So today I encourage you to hear it as if Jesus were speaking to you. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who know their own need, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, the gentle and humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for their identity in Christ, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This trip was all about profoundly witnessing what it means to live in community. 
what it truly means to be the body of Christ. And I believe all of us, especially in this blessed United States, have a lot to learn. In these teenagers, I witnessed vulnerability, transparency, a genuine authenticity, honesty, an incredible faith and trust in God, hope and generosity in the midst of scarcity. They respected and honored one another. They valued one another's unique personality, gifts, and talents. While they definitely held one another accountable and even engaged in some healthy competition, they encouraged one another. They lifted one another up emotionally and spiritually. Their emphasis was always we instead of me. They didn't discriminate or consider anyone less than. They included those of another faith as well as those who were disabled. They remembered where they had been. They remembered all of the suffering they had endured. And they looked for ways to help others in the community. I was touched deeply when one girl from the community described how a working group had invited her in and through their kindness and their financial support helped her to start her own business. They found me worthy, she said. It shouldn't surprise us that the first activity that is done as a working group is to visit one another in their homes. Carol, affectionately named Boss Lady because of her business savvy, explained how she contributes to her community. She said, first, I scan my environment, and then I look for opportunities. I ask myself, what resources do I have? And then I ask, what needs do I see in the village? Then I start planning, she said. Then I get to work. Scanning our environment, looking for opportunities, asking what resources we have and what needs we see in our village. I have a sense that Jesus is saying to each one of us, go and do likewise. Good morning. It's great to be back and have this opportunity to share with you the hope and promise that Zoe brings to these orphans and to their communities. You can ask my wife, Wanda. I'm not the most touchy-feely person you're going to meet today. But I was touched by the need that I saw. I was touched by the passion of the Zoe staff and their response to this need. And I was touched by the program's success in dealing with this need. I was fed by an African orphan. We had church in a cornfield complete with communion. Now, it's not quite the same communion service we celebrate here. It consisted of having the orphans wash our hands, serve us hot tea with sugar and milk, and a slice of loaf bread. But I promise you, the Holy Spirit was in that place. We could feel its power moving through the orphans' lives, and more importantly, we could feel it in our own lives. P. 
People ask what we did in Africa. We didn't build a house or a school, as Joanne said. What we did was build kids. The kids gave us that communion service out of the scarcity of their resources. Just because they were so proud that somebody came to visit them, to hear their stories and to encourage them. We, this group was starting their third year in the program. And we heard lots of stories. And a constant theme throughout all of their stories were, before Zoe, nobody would come visit me. Nobody in the community would come visit me. They had been hungry, and we heard stories of the hunger and the abuse and all the other bad things that happened to them. But the first thing that they would say was, nobody came and visited me. The Zoe Working Group gave them a sense of family and community and spiritual structure that had been, they had so desired that it's been so missing out of their lives. But the groups were not just inwardly focused, they were focused outwardly as well. Every group we talked to were giving back to the community. They would visit the elderly in the community and make sure that they had food and were doing okay. They went to the churches, they tied, they gave offerings. Um, they helped other orphans that weren't in the program. They would help pay their school fees. They would give them jobs. They would give them training in whatever skill that they had learned through the Zoe program. Some of these orphans were helping as many as 10 other orphans outside the program while taking care of themselves and, and their families. How many teenagers do we have in America that can take care of themselves? <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely amazing. One of the first things that Zoe teaches the orphans is how to pray. And they teach them by teaching them the Lord's Prayer. As you can imagine, our Father in Heaven... And give us today our daily bread really resonate with the kids. As they grow in the program and they start learning to read the Bible and study the Bible, they find that they really like the Old Testament the best. They like the stories in the Old Testament. And Psalms 22 is one of their favorites. Now you have to understand, when these orphans start the program, they're complete outcasts. They're hungry, they're dirty, they're beaten, they've been raped, they've been abused. But when they read Psalms 22... They feel like David understands where they are, and this gives them hope that it will get better. Read Psalms 22, verses 1 and 2, 6 and 7, and 19. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everybody, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. On the last day we were in Kenya, we met a wonderful young man who was 19 years old. His name was Jehoshaphat. He was an orphan. He had just completed his first year in the program. And his dream was to be a businessman. He wanted to start his own business. So the group staked him $50 to start a hardware company. The uh, Zoe organization gave him training in how to run a small business. So he opens up his business. And he knew that from the get-go he had to start off with a, a, a unique business model because $50 is not a whole lot of inventory. 
So he goes to all the other hardware stores in town and sees what they're selling and what their prices are. So when someone comes to his store and they want a product, he says, yes, sir, that'll be 200 shillings. He says, hang on just a second. Let me go in the back and get it for you. So what the customer doesn't realize is the back of his shop consists mainly of a back door. So he runs out the back door. He goes over to one of the other hardware stores, buys the product for 180 shillings, runs back and sells it to the customer, making a small profit. And we thought, well, that's a pretty good idea, but, you know, didn't the other stores in town kind of catch on in a little while? That's what you were doing. And he kind of sheepishly smiled and said, yeah. He said, but the, the owner of the biggest hardware store in town is one of my mentors, and he really likes me. So the, the businessmen in town, it, when they saw the kids trying to help themselves, were more than willing to help them and, and support what they were doing. So we asked Jehoshaphat, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are your goals? And uh, he said, you know, my, my goal is I, I want to buy a van. I want to be able to deliver the, the construction materials to the, the, the local sites here. He said, but mainly I want to be able to drive back into Nairobi and buy wholesale so I can bring back here and make a bigger profit. So he was just one of the many amazing kids we saw, and the success of the program was, was amazing. You're going to hear in a little while, you know, some, there were some hard parts too, but seeing the success made the hard parts much easier to deal with. So thank you again for giving me the opportunity to go and, and witness this. If you have any questions or you want to know more about the program, Please find one of us. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about it till you're tired of hearing about it. So thank you very much. Good morning. Um, one of the ways we were frequently greeted when we would get together with the kids, um, we would walk into their groups and they would say, Bonasafiwe, which means praise the Lord. And the appropriate response was, Amen. So I'm going to greet you that way, and I expect a very resounding response. Bonasafiwe. Amen. I think we can do a little bit better. Bonasafiwe. Amen. Amen. Um, it is good to be here with you. I'm so excited and bubbling over uh, to share with you. The, the Holy Spirit woke me up very early this morning. My kids were actually sleeping, and yet God had me awake and excited. Um, before I left, the last Sunday we were here, I left you with a quote that I'd like to reshare. It said, you get a strange feeling when you leave a place. Like you'll not only miss the people you love, but you miss the person you are at this time and place. Because you'll never be this way ever again. I can say most definitely after my time in Kenya that is true. I am a different person and I will be um, for a very long time. Uh, it will take days, weeks, months, years to continue to unpack and process all that the Holy Spirit was revealing and all that I was blessed to, to see and witness. Um, the, the children there and Zoe's implementation of not relief but empowerment um, is so unique, and it really opens up to experiencing the community and the body of Christ. Um, as Victor and Joanne have said, you know, we didn't go and build a house or dig a well and praise God, you don't want my handiwork on things like that. It would be leaking and falling apart. Um, but at the same token, that would have actually been easier. That would have been easier for me. Because I could say, oh, I went and I did that, and there it is, and now I just come home. Um, this was a mission trip of listening and encouraging. And as you heard Victor share, um, for the orphans, and something I completely took for granted, 
was just having people be present with them, to sit with them. That, that's hard to do, um, considering the circumstances that they're in. Uh, one of the unique things about the working groups they do is they elect all their own leadership. So they elect chairpersons and secretaries and treasurers, but they also feel the need for spiritual leadership, and they elect a pastor in every group out of the youth. And one of the verses that was shared in one of the groups uh, we were visiting was from James 1.19, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Um, and that verse has not left me. Um, I know that that's something that God is calling me and challenging me to work on um, back here in our own community, uh, to be quick to listen, not to just sit there and with my hand raised waiting till it's my turn to speak again, not to be formulating my response, but to just listen and to just be present with those in my community who need me to be with them. As a mom, here, you know, we all hope to raise our children. We love them. We love the snuggles and the cuddles and, oh, don't ever leave me, baby, and kiss, 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 kiss. But in reality, we all want them to eventually leave the nest, to be independent, self-sustaining, compassionate, community-minded individuals. And we can say we are so proud of the individual that you have become. Um, It it really clicked and it it made perfect sense. Why would we not then approach missions with youth and children in the same mindset? Um, Don't we want them in their own communities to be independent, self-sustaining, compassionate, and community-minded? We were really fortunate to meet them. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Marcy. Marcy is in your insert. So if you look there, there's kind of some visuals to go along with it. And the pictures at the bottom kind of go along with her her story as well. Um, She was at a meeting with other first-year program participants. Uh, The day we met her, it was only the second time this group had actually come together. Um, So they were still very new to the program, new to the idea. Um, They were hungry. They were in tattered clothes. Many had no shoes. Many were taking care of young babies and young children that were literally crying out for food that was not going to be available. Marcy is currently raising her two younger brothers. Her meal for that day was black tea they had at breakfast. Um, Due to the the long walks of coming into town or attending meetings and then walking back, She sacrificed a lot by attending that meeting. There was going to be no other time to go and get food or secure employment for the day. Um, So black tea was was all they had and would have for that day. Uh, You can look there and see the the crude rudimentary stove with the bricks or the the rocks there and the the empty pot. Um, her, Her home is a hut, you can see. It's made of dried mud and sticks. It's open in the back, exposed to the elements. The roof is thatch. Um one good rainstorm, and it's all liable to cave in, flood them out, um, lose everything. The clothes they have are what they are wearing. There, there is no backup outfit. There is no backup shoes. When things get worn out, they either still get worn or they do without. Um, Marcy does her absolute best to provide. Uh, she will often go into town or looking for um, daily jobs working in fields or maybe doing laundry, um, hoping for a full and fair wage at the end of the day. 
Um, now, at best, this wage is about a dollar. Um, even by Kenyan standards, that is far, far, far too little to survive or sustain on. Uh, but off, more often than not, the orphans um, are taken advantage of. They're cheated. They're scammed out of a full day's wage. They pay them less than that and say, well, just come back tomorrow, and I'll, I'll give you the rest then. And, and we all know tomorrow never comes. Um, and so she was really brave. At the end of their group meeting, uh, the, one of the program directors said, you know, would any of you be willing to let us come back to your home? Um, and, and not one would even meet the gays um, except Marcy. She said, yes, you can, you can come visit me. Um, and, it, and it really brings back to home the importance of that visitation. Um, she let us in on her world. Uh, she was very nervous and scared, but open and willing. Um, her courage is with me right now. Uh, this is my nervous and scared, being up here on this podium in front of you. Uh, but like I said earlier, God woke me up very early with just so open, willing. I don't know if you can tell, I'm really excited to talk to y'all because God just did amazing things there. Um, and so she stays with me and, and what she was willing uh, to let us in on. Before we left, uh, we asked to pray with and for her. Oh, and she had stayed so strong. She kind of leaned back against this tree while we just kind of watched and took pictures and, and looked. And, um, and we said, well, can we, pray? can we pray with you? And the translator kind of worked with her for a little while. I think she was very nervous and, um, at, at the idea. It, you know, it's one thing to have people come visit and to see, but then they want to pray for me. Um, that kind of intimacy I don't think she had been exposed to before. Um, and she had stayed really strong up until that point. But as we circled around her, she just broke down in tears. Um, we prayed for her provision, protection over her, for strength, security, perseverance. The program that these children agree to participate in is not easy. Um, relief is easy. Empowerment is difficult. Um, it's difficult to know you have enough snacks in your van to feed that family. Um, it's easy to walk down and get a handout. Um, what she was preparing herself and her family for was the tough road, the high road. Um, it, it continues to challenge me about where do I take relief and where do I need to submit to the Holy Spirit and do the hard work to receive his power. Um, as Victor and Joanne said, the, difficult, the circumstances that they're living in in that first year are incredibly difficult to see. Um, we were blessed to have the hope of knowing where they are going to be in just even three short months. Food security, daily provision for your family, eating consistent meals is possible. Um, their, their status in the community rises. They have pride in what they've accomplished. And within a year, many, like Jehoshaphat, are thriving and are a different child. They are truly changing the course of their life, the trajectory of their families' lives as they continue to put their siblings through school and provide for them. They're changing the face of what their community looks like. I am so excited to see where the Holy Spirit is going to guide us with this program, with other mission opportunities here at Noonan First. Uh, we are so excited to be speaking with the missions team and church council. We would love to come speak to any of your Sunday school classes or life groups or just one-on-one -on -one, um, to tell you more. There are so many stories. Um, to narrow it down to one was almost impossible. Um, but we are, we are excited about it and would love to speak with you more. I ask now that if you would join with me in a word of prayer. Oh, God, I just come before you. 
loving you and thanking you for the blessings and the provisions you have given us, Father. Thank you for hearts to hear. Thank you for the joy of knowing you. I pray in the days and weeks and months ahead that you would give us direction and discernment as to how and where to serve, that we would have ears to listen, eyes to scan our environment, and that we would evaluate where is the need and how can we help. God, we love you. Above all else, help us to share the love and the hope of your son, Jesus Christ, with those that we meet. And it's in his holy name that we pray. Amen.